What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey there, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate Hanley, your host and the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person, which has 401 ways to make a difference in yourself and the world. And I recently, just have to share, saw an Instagram story where a reader from India had checked the book out from the library in Delhi. Now that makes an author's heart so happy. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about getting back out there. For whatever reason, you may not have been as social as you maybe usually are or are getting the feeling that you would like to be, whether because it's winter or because of where we are in the pandemic. And I've just been having a lot of conversations with people lately where they're like, I'm a little rusty talking to people. It just feels a little, I don't know, not not as natural as it used to. So I wanted to talk to my friend Julie Brown today. Julie Brown is the author of the networking book, This Shit Works, a no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and more success, which, full disclosure, I helped Julie write, and I learned so much from her. I've had her on the podcast before, and I wanted to have her back on today because we are starting to be headed back out there. There's conferences, networking events, even going back to the office and having in-person meetings. Some people have been waiting for this moment, but others of us, I'm raising my own hand here, have gotten real cozy at home talking to the cats or to the dogs. So even though we may be craving connection, there can still be some jitters, maybe even some fears. That's why Julie's here today. She's going to get us pumped and give us some tools. So Julie, welcome. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. I'm always happy to talk to you. So this question is for anyone who's headed out to any kind of in-person event soon and who is feeling a little nervous about the idea of having conversations with people they don't necessarily already know. Before we even walk in the door of that event, what's a way to think about meeting people that might make it all feel less intense? That's a great question because so many people, there is a real level of anxiety walking into a room in which you don't know anybody. And I will be honest with the listeners, you know, I'm a networking expert. I coach people how to network. I travel the world teaching networking. And even sometimes when I know that there's a room that I'm going to walk into where I don't know anybody, even I get a little bit of anxiety. So I think the first thing to understand is it's totally normal to feel a little nervous walking into a room in which you don't know anybody. That being said, it shouldn't stop you from walking into that room. There are rooms that I have walked into where I've met people who have changed my life. And if I didn't have the courage to walk into rooms where I didn't know anybody, I wouldn't have met those people. So the first thing is to understand that, yeah, it's totally normal to be a little nervous. The second thing is, is like, how prepared can you be before you go into that room? Maybe you could use this as an opportunity, the fact that you're going to an event to reach out to other people in your network to ask if they're going or to invite them. So maybe you're not going alone. You know, it's always easier to walk into a room when you know somebody is going to be there or when you're going in together. Another thing is, is if you look at going into networking events or 
any room, to be honest, as just the opportunity to meet somebody new and take away the strappings of networking and business. And are you going to talk business? Like, and just say, there's a possibility for me to meet somebody really, really interesting in this room. And I'm excited to do so. So changing anxiety into a feeling of excitement, if you can do that, is another way to enter that room. Yeah, I'd like that because it's almost like you're you're putting on a different pair of glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of people yeah. who are intimidating, you're kind of looking for maybe maybe just that one person that you yep. are, might have some kind of a connection with. And then you can be curious, like, is it that person? Is it that <laughs> person? Yeah. <laughs> that is such a great way to look at it. Also, not thinking that you have to meet everybody in that room. That's an old way of entering networking events where you're supposed to get as many business cards as possible and give out your business card to as many people who will take it. That's not the way networking works. You can't build a network overnight. You certainly can't build it in one room at one event. So just going in and being gentle with yourself saying, hey, maybe I'm going to meet two really, really interesting people today and then I'm going to call it a day and I'm going to go home. And in a couple of days, I'm going to do this again so that it's not like draining your battery or it's not feeling draining doing events like this. Right. Those are awesome mindset shifts. And Mm -hmm. you did mention, you know, reaching out to someone either that you don't know who you think is going to be there, which is a really savvy move or inviting someone that you do know to go with you, which is also great because then you get like friend time. Mm -hmm. But do you have any other practical things that we should do before we walk in the door? Yeah. So you know this, Kate, because as you mentioned, you helped me get my book out of my head and onto the page. There's this thing that I created in the book called the List Yourself Approach. And the List Yourself Approach changes the mindset of the conversations you're going to have at a networking event and also prepares you for that networking event in two separate ways. I created this approach because so many people, when I was coaching and when I was speaking, this was prior to the pandemic, coaching and speaking said, you know, I go into a networking event and I don't have anything to talk about. I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about. I can never come up with, you know, questions to ask people and I don't have good conversations. And I I was floored by this because I was like, has nothing happened in your big, beautiful life that you want to talk about? <laughs> mm-hmm. So the list yourself approach is this, it literally is so easy. It's just, you just make a list of all of the things that make you, you, that make your life the way it is without mentioning what you do for a living. So real quick, top of mind, I could say that on my list would be that I'm a dog mom, that I'm a marathon runner, that I'm a skier, that I'm a world traveler, that I'm a wine snob, that I'm addicted to true crime podcasts and true crime documentaries, which fun (laughs) fact for the listeners, 68% of listeners of true crime podcasts are women. So if you go into a networking event with women, 68% (laughs) of them are probably listening to something related to true crime. (laughs) That list yourself approach allows you to rediscover yourself. It's actually an exercise of rediscovering how much you have to talk about, how interesting you are that has nothing to do with business. Again, this is stripping away that, oh, we only have to talk about business and people don't like to talk about business and seem salesy. So it strips that away and allows you to have very human-centric conversations. The second thing the list yourself approach does is it allows you to create really interesting questions. 
And I call them dopamine inducing questions. And we all know about dopamine neurotransmitter in the brain sits in the pleasure center of our brain, encourages us to repeat actions and helps us feel euphoric. And you can elicit a dopamine spike in the brain of the person that you're talking to by asking the right questions. So if you look at your list and you say, how can I take this list and turn it into really human centric questions? Things like, what is the best trip you've ever been on? What is your favorite city? What is the first concert you ever went to? What are you listening to any podcast? What podcast do you enjoy? What are you binging on Netflix? Where is your next great adventure? What's on your bucket list? Like really fun, interesting questions that people want to answer. And I say want to answer because there have been studies that show that the single most hated question in the world, the single most hated question is, what do you do for a living? And it's Mm -hmm. the question we lead with at networking events because that's what we were taught to ask. We weren't taught to to go deep and have human-centric conversations at networking events when that's exactly what we should be doing. We know that people do business with and refer business to people they know, like, and trust. Well, know, like, and trust comes from having those human-centric conversations, from finding commonality, from having fun with people in connecting with people on a different level. I call it increasing the surface area with which you can connect with people. So let's let's start doing that and realize how much fun networking and meeting new people is because people are fascinating. You are fascinating and almost everybody in that room is fascinating in their own way. That is so helpful because if you have something in your back pocket that you know you are first of all, makes you interesting and that you can find out about other people, then I Mm -hmm. think it's going to take away some of that anxiety. And P.S., you're going to make the person that you ask that question to so happy and relieved because they won't have to answer. What do you do? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, and you can see it. And I'm a great observer of networking events. And sometimes I sit back and I observe and see what people are doing. And you can tell, you can tell in the groups of people through the way their body language is, the way their eyes open up when people are having really fun conversations versus when people are having conversations that they think they're supposed to have. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like a wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the sound effects of bad networking conversations. <laughs> okay. So we've thought about our list of things that are cool about us. We've yeah figured out a couple of questions that we can ask based on that list. But still, you're walking into the space, you're feeling a little nervous, maybe your palms are a little sweaty. The event is happening, people are milling around, standing in little groups, like, what do you do first? So the first thing you would do, say you're nervous about going into an event, and it does look like maybe everybody is already in conversations, you don't know how to break into groups. I always look for somebody who's standing by themselves or who is just walking to the bar, or is just walking over to the table of food, or whatever, like that are alone. I call them Mm -hmm. ones in these situations. And I find it very easy to introduce myself to a one to say, I'm Julie, I don't know anybody here. Is this the first time you've been to this event? Are you a part of this group? It's really easy to start a conversation with somebody who isn't already otherwise engaged in a conversation with somebody else. So I look for ones. And if it's a nighttime event, I can always find them in the line for the bar. (laughs) I just talk to the person in front of me or I talk to the person behind me. There's a certain set period of time in which we're going to walk through that line together to get up to the bar. 
I always find that that fun. And so for nighttime events, that's particularly helpful. But I always look for ones because it's also not just for me. If I was at an event and I was alone and I didn't know anybody, I would want somebody to come up to me and talk to me and take that burden of standing there not knowing anybody off of me. So I like to do that for other people. Mm, That is brilliant. Okay, I have some more questions for you. I want to get into some nitty gritty, like what happens when you're talking to some people or one person and there's that painful lull in conversation, but Mm. I have to take a quick break. So everybody stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. I'm talking with Julie Brown, author of the networking book, This Shit Works, and just networking, friend-making ninja, Julie. Okay, you've gotten us in the door. You've gotten us into our first conversation with people. We have interesting things to talk about, but inevitably, there's going to be one of those awkward lulls in conversation. What do we do? Well, the first thing is to be comfortable with the fact that there needs to be breathing space in a conversation. (laughs) There will be times when you are both collecting your thoughts or you're both just not talking. I think more often than not, extroverts are uncomfortable with lulls in conversations because we're so used to being able to fill a space with words where you have to understand if you're talking to somebody who leans more to the extroverted side of the ambivert spectrum, then they're okay with lulls in conversations. They're collecting their thoughts. They're thinking about what you said. They're considering their next question. Like So it, lulls in conversations don't mean the same thing to everybody. And okay. I know this because I'm married to an introvert. And when, <laughs> and when we first were together and I would ask him a question and he didn't answer me right away, I would say, did you hear me? And he was like, yes, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking of the words that I want to use in this answer. So pauses in conversation aren't the same for anybody. So please, extroverts, if you're listening, understand that some people might need more than a nanosecond to answer your question because they are <laughs> thinking and they are considering what they're going to say. The second thing is, if, if, if you do feel like that time has gone on for too long, this is where that creating that list of dopamine-inducing questions comes in handy because I've had this happen to me before where I've asked really interesting conversation uh, questions, I apologize, to somebody and they've answered like very quickly. And I'm like, okay, what's my next question? Okay, wh-? and mm-hmm. I just keep asking interesting questions until I hit on something that is a dopamine spike for them and then they start talking. So being prepared with all of those questions, should there be a, you know an extended lull in the conversation and you feel like you need to fill the space, That's where your dopamine-inducing questions come in. Okay, great. And then follow-up question to this, which is I think just kind of what people makes people nervous about networking events in the first place is what if we run out of things to say? And also, what if I get stuck in a conversation that's going nowhere? What do I do? How do I get out of it? Or do I want to get out of it? Help me think this through. Well, I mean, because we never want to hurt anybody's feelings. So sometimes we get stuck in conversations that aren't going anywhere or you have exhausted your list. <laughs> and you do want to get out of that conversation because you are at a networking event in order to meet more than one person. So that's also something you should use in your conversation. You should say to the person, it was so great meeting you. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to connect. I know you're here 
at a networking event to meet more people. So am I. Like, say if, you know, if you exchange business cards, if you did, say you'll follow up. If you are, don't say it if you're not. Telling the other person that you're letting them off the hook of talking to you is a really good way. I've, you know, I know you have, you're here to meet multiple people. It was so great talking to you, whatever. Another thing you can do is if you're being honest and you do see somebody who has come into the room that you do need to connect with, say, oh, my friend Joe just came in. I promised him I'd catch up with him. It was so nice talking to you. Have a great night. If you are going to follow up, say you're going to follow up. You can also see if there's somebody that would be a good introduction for that person. So say there's somebody in the room and they're not the right introduction for you, but they'd be the right introduction for that person. Say, hey, have you, do you know so-and-so? Let me make that connection for you. Because I think that person would be a great connection for you. And then you're kind of, you're not pawning them off. That is the wrong word because this might be a good connection for them. But you're, <laughs> you're leading them into another conversation so that you can exit the conversation. You don't go to a networking event to talk to one person for the entire night. So do yourself and the other person a favor and be okay with ending conversations that maybe have run their course. Right. And maybe find them another dance partner, it sounds like. Yeah. I love that. And you did mention following up. So for the people that you meet at these events, I mean, we are going there to like not just have conversations within the room, right, necessarily, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. potentially develop relationships that transcend that one event. Yes. How do you go about nurturing that connection after the event is over? Yes. So first, I want the listeners to know that 80%, that's eight zero, 80% of building and maintaining relationships is just following up. And this is why a lot of relationships fail or they don't grow the way they should. And I'm speaking specifically about networking and business relationships. We, <sighs> this is a little <laughs> frustrating for me because I, I don't want people to go to, I see this all the time and I ask my audiences all the time, how many times have you gone to an event? You've met somebody, you've exchanged business cards, you actually had a great conversation and then you never followed up and they mm. never followed up. And it's almost like this stalemate, like who's going to follow up first? It's like, you know, you know, when you're dating, you got to wait three days to call. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. weird, the mind things that happen with us. I always say, because I'm addicted to true crime podcasts, I love true crime. And we all know with any true crime, anything, the first 24 hours after any crime is the most important. I translate <laughs> it into networking and I say, the first 24 hours after you meet somebody at an event is the most important and it is your job to follow up within that 24 hours. If we know that 80% of building and maintaining relationships is just following up, I want you, the listener, to take it on as your responsibility to follow up with that person. So the next day, you send them an email and you say, it was so wonderful talking to you at such and such event. Our conversation about this was so interesting. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you do. Maybe there's possibilities for collaboration in the future. I don't know. Do you have time in your schedule on the, this day or this day or this day? Or here's my scheduling link for a coffee or a follow-up Zoom or whatever. Always have that call to action. Send mm -hmm. that out. Be that person who does that. Because more often than not, the person is actually waiting for you to do it. And then what's going to happen is you're going to send that email. This is what I love because this is what happens nine times out of 10. You're going to send that email and the other person's going to respond back and say, I was just emailing you. No, they weren't. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were waiting for you to email. So if you can take on follow-up as your, you know, that your helm, I take this, I take this, this is my responsibility. 
You will grow your network and your friendships and your relationships so quickly. 80% of building, maintaining relationships is just following up and people are terrible at it. Mm, I love that. Julie, I love everything you're saying. For listeners who are loving everything you're saying and wanting to hear more from you, where can they find you? Sure. A couple of places. The easiest way to learn more about me is on my website, which is Julie Brown and then BD. So B is in boy, D is in dog.com. You can find out a lot about my speaking and my workshops and my podcasts there. Another great place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I do most of my content dissemination on LinkedIn. It's where I find a lot of my corporate clients and, and speaking clients. So on LinkedIn, I'm Julie Brown BD, same as my website, Julie Brown BD. My only caveat to that is if you, I will connect with you on LinkedIn if you would like to be, please let me know you found me through Kate because there is a thing in social network theory called triadic closure, which just means if you are introduced to somebody you don't know by somebody you know, the rate with which your relationship develops is faster because you share a mutual friend. And so I want to know that we share this mutual friend in Kate. That is so cool. And yeah. I'm going to include links to your LinkedIn profile, your website, your podcast. Mm-hmm. Your podcast is also called The Shit Works. Yes, it is. Yes. Hey, listen, okay, if it ain't fantastic. Broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I, trust me, I get it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I mean, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but. You know, I try and keep it to 20 minutes or so, and that's where we are. And thank you for jamming those 20 minutes full of so much good stuff. And it's always great to talk to you, Julie. Thanks for having me. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley don't forget the W, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 